Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 38th Best Picture winner, The Sound of Music. This is a 1965 musical, so we're two musicals in a row now. I'm okay with this musical. I, oh, it's such a yes, delight. Yes. Oh, my um, goodness. <laughs> absolutely. This is the episode where finally me saying that I don't hate musicals is proven. <laughs> um, but it was directed by Robert Weiss and stars Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. It is adapted from the 1959 stage musical by Rodgers and Hammerstein. And that musical was based on the 1949 memoir of Maria von Trapp. I didn't realize that it was based on a memoir. I should have known this. Yeah, like not super closely. It's not the like, most historically accurate thing ever. Well, basically it was, fine. I married this person we had to flee. I'm guessing is what they stole from the memoir. They also sang. It was a Oh, they also family. sang? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't read too much about like the, the memoir and stuff. It became the highest grossing film of all time, surpassing Gone with the Wind, which if people remember was in 1939, and it held the title for five years. Yeah, I was reading up on that. It made like $238 million at the it, box office. It was such a box office, like box office success, which is funny considering that initially the reviews were kind of mixed on it. A lot of people thought it was too schmaltzy. Oh, it's really schmaltzy. I definitely yes, ugly cried but I'm okay times. with it. <laughs> I'm okay with the schmaltz here. I mean, there were a couple things that I was like, eh, it could have been a little less schmaltzy there, but like, I'm fine with it. It's like, schmaltz with heart. Also, like, that's why it's, this, I'm okay this with is it. a family movie. <laughs> like, it is a family movie, and it, I'm, I think it should be a family movie. Like, it's just delightful. Like, I, I remember watching it as like a really little kid, and I'm sure, do you? <laughs> I was gonna um, say, I'm sure you do too, but then I remembered who I'm talking to. Yeah, I remember. <sighs> It's one of those things where I remember the music and I remember specific numbers and I don't remember the like storyline, which is, you know, you know, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm Classic horrible. Ian. Um, but coming back to it, it was like, okay, now I remember how all of these things fit together. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is long. There is an intermission. So there are bits, I would say, in the second act that I didn't remember as well. First act, I remembered pretty well. Same. And I will say, even though it is long, the pacing is a breath it's of good. fresh air. It is good. It is well-paced. <laughs> it is 100% well-paced. It moves fast. Um, so kind of a couple of differences between the stage adaptation and the movie. So the songs I Have Confidence and Something Good were written for the film, and they omitted how Can Love Survive, No Way to Stop It, and An Ordinary Couple. And a couple of those songs were with, like, Max and the Baroness, so they uh -huh. cut those. Um, and then they added those other two uh, because they wanted a slightly different vibe for the mm -hmm. film. And, like, first and foremost, this is how you do a movie musical. This is how you take <laughs> advantage of the fact that you can do things in movies that you cannot do on stage and that there are things that work better on stage than work in movies mm -hmm. or then work well in movies. It, did that sentence make sense? It I made sense so. to me. Okay, I cool. listened to what you meant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and they went into production with that in mind, uh -huh. thinking about how do we adapt this for a movie, not let's just basically film a play. And I think it shows, and I think it makes the movie so much more exciting, so much more interesting. And I think it helps with the pacing. Yes. It's interesting that you mention I Have Confidence was one that was written for the movie specifically because that is very early on where I think I it really hammered home how they were using 
a movie medium me- as yes. a way to move it forward because of the very variety of shots, the rapid pacing of the cuts, little things, or I guess big things like putting her on yeah. a bus with the the mountains in the reflection of mm-hmm. the window, like all of this right. stuff you couldn't. And there's a you can do pull it off at this scale or at this grandeur on stage. Right. You're not going to move the Alps into a playhouse. Well, or you mean you can have like a static set piece. Yeah. But the songs, for the most part, in this movie do not stop the action. No. They move the action forward, which is exactly what I wanted. And we'll talk about this more because we're kind of going to go song by song is how we're going to step through this. As much as we can. Yeah. Well, and the exteriors that we talked about, kind of talking about like a little bit about the cinematography and Uh then keeping in mind like it as a movie musical. Um, A lot of it was filmed on location in Salzburg, Austria. Going into this movie, Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer were both well-known on stage and Broadway, uh-huh. but not well-known to movie audiences. And they actually signed Julie Andrews after only seeing, like, an unreleased cut of Mary Poppins. Whoa, um, Because Mary okay. Poppins, had, which, of course, we talked about in the last uh-huh. episode, she ends up winning the Oscar for. It had not come out yet, but they were able to see, like, an early cut or, like, the unreleased version. And after a few minutes, they were like, "We yes, her. <laughs> sign her immediately. And she and Christopher Plummer both had some reservations about how, quote, like, sweet the movie was. But Christopher Plummer agreed to do it after the writer, Ernest Lehman, who I think does a great job with the script, after he agreed that, like, Plummer could help kind of flesh out the character of the captain a little bit more and Uh make him more interesting and nuanced. Um, Christopher Plummer agreed to do the film. And then Julie Andrews, after talking to Lehman as well, realized that they were going to go for... And while the movie is still very schmaltzy and stuff um, and sweet a lot of the time, he wanted to highlight some of the darker like undertones of what was going on at the time. Uh-huh. Well, and they did that really subtly. Well, let, let, let me... It's almost one of those things where you're viewing it from the perspective of the Von Trapp children. Where oh, absolutely. You see this stuff happening, but the full implication doesn't really hit home until later. Right. And quite frankly, if I were to watch this with a five-year-old child, they wouldn't get the implication I'm either, I'm actually likely. pretty sure that be- like watching this as a young kid was the first time I was introduced to like the idea of the stuff that started World War II. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure... Like watching that movie with my parents probably spurred some questions that my parents then had to explain some like very not great history. Yeah. Um. But I think that's kind of a cool thing about a movie like this is that when it is a family movie, like it does help you introduce mm-hmm. darker topics and important things to your kids. Yeah. In a way that is still, you know, kid friendly and easier for them to understand. Uh-huh. They also did not use the stage choreography. They brought in new choreographers who did, you know, more dynamic choreography and, again, (laughs) went into it thinking, like, what can we do here that's different Uh and that's going to be exciting and new and fresh, which I love. And I do want to say with the choreography, there's not a lot of what I would call traditional, like, dancing per se it's only a handful of scenes but the way that they have julie andrews in particular moving through these expansive sets and it feels so right for her character that she has in all of it is just so great she's such such a treasure in this they movie build, she's just so sweet yeah they and, build character ah. into all the movement and <laughs> which it's just, i love it's so good um i will go through other awards and nominations robert weiss won for best director 
Julie Andrews was nominated for Best Actress but did not win. Okay, so but banner two years did for her. Win. <laughs> I uh, we'll have to look it up because I don't remember. Because I thought she was fantastic. Now again, don't know who she was up against, but it's it's a really good role for her. I can pull it up really quickly. It was Julie Christie and Darling. I don't think I've seen Julie Christie. I've never seen Darling, but I know who Julie Christie is. Okay, which I will talk about a little bit more when I get to what else was nominated that year. Um. Peggy Wood, who I believe played the Reverend Mother. Oh my God, climb every Got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yep, she was the Mother Abbess. It won for Best Music and Score, Erwin Costell. I agree with it. I think they did a phenomenal job of weaving in all the themes in the right places again. Oh yes, and this is the stuff that I didn't fully appreciate as a kid. Is oh, how they yeah. brought back like Edelweiss in the right spot, brought yeah. back my favorite things in the right spot. And mm-hmm. it underscores so many of the, the now, who I don't want to say nationalist, but many of the like pride and Austrian pride that um, they right. wanted to give the Von Trapp family. So, right, because it, this oh. is, um, I mean, we've alluded to it, but it's, it's in the middle of the Anschluss. Mm-hmm. I think I said that right when Germany took over Austria and kind of the build up towards world war ii and um all of that awful stuff yeah yeah um it was nominated for best color cinematography a hundred percent agree it was nominated for best art direction uh nominated for best costume design it won for best sound recording and it won for best editing i i think yeah. the editing was fin- like absolutely fantastic it was so tight yes and that's i contrasting it with my fair lady where i felt that a lot of the editing was slapshod yeah um it's very very pleasing to it see is, a well it is very interesting musical. to watch those two musicals back to back yes um because i think a lot of the stuff that we said we didn't like in my fair lady i liked in sound of music like it they just did it well they did it better right. they didn't just try they succeeded yes agreed uh, so it also appears on several AFI lists. Um, so it appears as number 55 on the American Film Institute's original top 100 movies gets bumped up to number 40 in the 10th anniversary edition. Nice. It is number 41 on AFI's 100 Years of Cheers, so inspirational movies. It is number four on their musicals list. It is number 27 on their greatest passions and three songs made AFI's best 100 songs list do re mi is number 88 my favorite things is number 64 and sound of music is number 10 i'm very surprised edelweiss isn't on there i agree but at the same time it's the pomp of the rest of the songs just put them in a different category i guess i just find edelweiss so pretty and sweet and i think it some of the sweetest moments in the film are with that song they are other nominees from that year, Darling, Dr. Zhivago, which has our boy Omar Sharif in it. Um, I'm okay with that one not winning. Like, it's good. It's pretty. But, like, whew. It, uh, it drags. Oh, There's a whole no. bit where they're just, like, stuck in the snow somewhere. It sounds and like it's a, a lot of pretty of uh, Lawrence in I think it's David Lean. I think it's David Lean, actually, who directed <laughs> Dr. Zhivago, too. So it's it fits. Um, Ship of Fools and A Thousand Clowns were the last two nominees. 
And this was the first Best Picture to win without a writing nomination since Hamlet and would continue to be uh, the most recent one until Titanic in the 90s. Whoa. Yeah. I I struggle with that. Now, in the writing, do you know if the lyrics are considered a portion of that? I don't think so. Okay. I think one thing that this musical does very well is, as you said, use the songs to move the plots along. Yeah. And that's where I think the dialogue outside of musicals, for the most part, was well above average. Yes. I wouldn't call it spectacular. There were certain things, particularly with the character of Liesl. Some of her oh, dialogue yes. <laughs> was really clunky. And I it, it, I think it was the writing and not the actress, because I uh -huh. think Charmaine Carr does a really good job, especially with the songs. And when she had good dialogue, I thought she was doing really, really well. So I think it's just some of her dialogue. I was like, this doesn't feel like a 16-year-old's dialogue. <laughs> feels like maybe a 13-year-old's dialogue. It feels like maybe like time. a 7-year-old's dialogue. Like some of it I was like, mm. But um, in general, I'd agree. I would say like above average writing and just I think, yeah, I think the performances carried that a little bit more than the writing. But oh, I would totally say agree. the construction of the movie from a writing standpoint very well done yes agreed yeah. so well let's, let's jump to into notes. it because i know we're i think we're kind of raring to get going yes but we are as soon... we're both smiling so much too by the way <laughs> this movie was like oh we it's really what i needed it. uh like the the opening credits well and they're not credits which i th thought was really cool because this is i think the first film that i really i remember and noticed that they're not doing the traditional like cast list on the front end they're starting with the musical number and then they get into yeah they the do actual... it after the first number. so i loved these expansive shots of the austrian slash swiss slash Just that part alps. of europe yeah like <laughs> alps and the way that they kind of bring it out and build the suspense with the soundtrack is so good to maria just like <laughs> spinning around that in a iconic shot field. which i as a total aside there is a gif where it's her spinning around and it says look at all the fucks i do not give <laughs> it's one of my favorites but for different reasons yeah but, but anyway uh, but no it building and then of course julie andrews whose voice is so amazing and rich and full like coming in Chills. with the yeah because she she can sing the part and like deliver on the build-up which is so great which is why like i love it so much yes and i think that the big standard in this initial set sequence with her singing sound of music mm -hmm. is how she is in the lyrics seeing the same things in the set and interacting with the bubbling brook and all mm -hmm. of the birch trees and kind of weaving her way through it and it's so earnest and yeah the variation in the shots like keeps you interested. She's immediately so likable. Yes. <laughs> and also I think this song and then the, the second song um, that we'll talk to do such an amazing job of conveying character. Mm -hmm. And like, it's two songs in and we're like, we know Maria, we get Maria, we understand Maria. And I think one, it's the songs doing such a good job of that too. It's Julie Andrews's performance. Like she's clearly just so open and she's not the most graceful person, but like Oh, but she's pretty majestic. But like you <laughs> like saying. her, but you like her and you get this energy and this joy from her. Yeah. And I think that a lot of her motions and stuff are kind of big, but not 
unbelievable. And they're not cartoonish. No, they feel very genuine. Yes. I feel like that is such a difference between, you know, we're probably going to be referencing My Fair Lady a lot since we just did that one. And again, it's a good foil to this. Um, You know, you had Audrey Hepburn's really big motions and facial expressions that we said a lot of time just felt so staged and ungenuine. I think Julie Andrews, hers are not quite as big as Audrey's were which helps, but she just feels a lot more genuine and natural, uh-huh. even in her big movements and like some of her bigger facial expressions. Yeah. And I mean, the end to this scene, I think is a, a perfect example of that, where she hears the bells, starts running and is like, oh no, I forgot my habit. Let me run back yeah. and grab it. And it, I don't know if it were anyone else and it had not followed the rest of this, I would have been like, oh, you're overacting. What are you doing? It's not that big a deal, but... <laughs> It works. It well, it, it works. It was not so over the top that it felt unbelievable. And then, like, because of Julie Andrews' energy with it, like, she, yes. just so good. Ugh. So now let's talk about how do you solve a problem like Maria? You don't. Because how, how do you, you hold a, a cloud and pin it down? in your hand? <laughs> I love this song. I think it's so good. I love all of the different personalities of the nuns. Uh-huh. It's also such a reflection on Maria's personality. And we've already set up like a big conflict for her character. Yes. And like even in the scene leading up to how do you solve a problem like Maria, you get the somber hymn type singing and you get the dark, more gothic style like convent or abbey or whatever you want to call Beautiful it. Beautiful set pieces. It is gorgeous. But the the contrast between the sunny hill and the wide open spaces in the expanse is so effective at showing that she is not in the right place. Yeah. Also, <laughs> one of those nuns, Sister Sophia, played by Marnie Nixon, who dubbed oh. Audrey Hepburn's voice in My Fair Lady and Natalie Woods in West Side Story. Okay, so was she the one that was for Maria or the one that was calling her a demon? <laughs> I think she's one of the ones who, she's one of the three that they walk up to. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I will say, I think the staging of how do you solve a problem like Maria, the music made me interested, but it wasn't the most interesting to me. I mean, there's not as much movement, but I thought the way that like the camera would frame people was Uh really nice. And I liked how much personality all the actresses were giving us. Like I felt... The performance is okay killed. It. Yeah, <laughs> which which I'm I'm fine with because like if the performances are carrying, it doesn't necessarily need to be the most dynamic number because we get a lot of dynamic numbers uh-huh. in this. I'm fine having a few that are a little bit more intimate. Yes, but I love the way that ends with Maria just sprinting into the courtyard. She takes a drink from like the little fountain thing, and then she starts to run by them, and then slows down and realizes it's there. And I like that she just looks over and like looks up to the sky like, really, God, they had to just be standing here? And then kind of just, like, gives a motion like, it's no use. Like, she doesn't even bother explaining herself. She's, like, been through this before. And then she just walks off. Yes. And then they finish the song with that gorgeous harmony mm-hmm. about cashing the moonbeam in your hand. It's so good. And you can't because Maria cannot be pinned down. You can't. She's like a wave <laughs> upon the sand. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to, like, calm down on the line quoting. I'm I thinking. know. I know. It's going <laughs> to be it's so hard. So, long. <laughs> so Peggy Wood and Julie Andrews play off each other extremely well in the next scene, too, where mm-hmm. the Reverend Mother is trying to basically say, all right, there's a need of a governess. I'm going to put you here because, you know, sometimes you got to, like, I love these nuns. The- They're so genuine and want the best for people yeah i like that i like that her whole thing is like maria maybe this isn't like what you want maybe 
you're not supposed to be none. Like, let's let's give you some time in this other role that I think you'd be good at. Exactly. And, like, really think about, like, are, do you think you're suited – or not so much do you think you're suited for this life, but do you think this life is suited for you? Yeah. Which I like the way that she – comes at that as i think being like like maria this doesn't mean you're failing exactly it just means that it's not the right fit and that's such an important message like in general but especially yeah. for maria yeah so i peggy would killed it yes also climb every mountain anyway we'll that's get to later that. <laughs> i love that you like that song and i i love it i cry every time because the song oh no every time i listen like no. watch the movie you're killing me <laughs> it's just kind of boring um anyway so uh then we get it's uh i have confidence which i had totally forgotten was a song i love that song oh i, I love so it good. too and the the it's such a squirrely melody too like yeah and it it, it felt feels kind of like circus like in some parts of it based on yeah. on the way it's constructed but it's so again uplifting right and like and, i love the shot of her um coming along that wall down the street yes. and then she like sees the big house and like pauses and is a little overwhelmed and then like picks herself back up and is like i got this and then starts running towards the door and has that like trip but she catches herself <laughs> which i don't know if it was intentional or not but like it's so again julie andrew's physicality is yes, so good because she's like skipping down the street and then she does the trip and which again i i, I should have written down the lyric but i could have sworn there was a lyric right there about picking yourself up. Maybe. <laughs> and so the, the timing was superb. And I, I think, I don't know if Julie Andrews always, she gets a bunch of credit for her acting chops and her vocalizations, but her physicality is it's so good. Amazing. Yeah. So which I, adds so much to that character. Exactly. Because moving into meeting the captain and the children, her vivaciousness and her just like, I, I don't know what to call it. Like, just like joie the way... de vivre or whatever that is. Like, joie de vivre. Joie. I yeah. don't speak French. Can you tell? <laughs> Je parle un peu. Just like her, the way she moves and how like unrestricted a lot of it is, uh-huh. is in very sharp contrast to the rigidness of the captain and the way he has been running his home because he's been running it like a ship which yeah (laughs) come on dude (laughs) i know she's brought into the house she's waiting to meet the captain and the children she's kind of nosing around she goes into that gorgeous ballroom that is empty and they've got like um something hanging from the chandelier so you can tell it's not been used Mm -hmm. in a while and then we get a fantastic introduction to the captain again just immediately giving us his character because he's the shadowy figure in the doorway suddenly when you hear the door open. And we don't see all of him, right? I, I thought we only no. saw him from about chest down. Well, we see him in the doorway and then it goes up. I think it goes to like a close up of him moving into the door. So we get to see his uh-huh. face. And he so foreboding. just says, uh, it'd be good if you kept in mind that there are some rooms in this house that are not to be used. And then ushers her into the foyer. We, I think Christopher Plummer and Julie Andrews have amazing chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> They're very much in like kind of this like awkward, not super liking each other at the moment thing. And we, of course, get him doing the whistle and the kids getting into file and marching down the stairs. And it's the details because you even have the one spot in line that the kids leave open for Brigida, who's not there yet. Yeah. But yeah, and they just march down. They're in line from oldest to youngest slash tallest to shortest. And then you have Brigida coming through with her book. Um, and then she gets in line. And so 
I, I do like to, though, like with little thing with Brigida is uh-huh. kind of her interaction with the captain right there um, where he like kind of takes her book and then just kind of like bops her, but not hard. Like, he's, uh-huh. He doesn't like hit her. With, he just like bops her a little bit and she like jumps into line. We get the idea that he does love his children very much, but he has no idea how to interact with them. Exactly. And it the fact that Brigida just turned around and was like, OK, I know that you're going to spank me once really quick but it wasn't even like an actual spank it was it just like a it little was just like, like what are you doing come yeah, on just like come on <laughs> tap into line but like i think that interaction like says a lot it does well and it means that he's not a completely lost and he's cause. kind of smiling a little bit too yeah. like yeah exactly like, i think the fact that she was reading was probably a good thing oh yeah yeah <laughs> then we get them going down the line he's showing her each of their oh, whistles goodness, and julie andrews is so not okay with this and my she's such favorite, a sassy God, pants i love when she's it. like i'll just call them by their names and i even wrote this down where he says i will not have everyone shouting and i was like but you're gonna have that loud ass whistle well <laughs> that's so shrill and again, that's why she's like dogs and cats answer to whistles yeah but not children <laughs> and certainly not me and so we already have this tension between the two of them and then i like he's given her like her whistle and then as he leaves she blows it and it stops him and she's like, I'm sorry, you didn't tell me what to whistle when I call you. And he's like, you just call me captain. And she's like, see how demeaning this is? But I like that. I like that a lot. Again, the sass and the confidence with which she mm-hmm. plays that is what makes this tension work. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. it's so great. I, I also love the dialogue between the kids after the captain leaves. Mm-hmm. and Sorry, between the kids and Maria after uh because it's been established leaves. she's like, what, the 12th in a line of governesses yeah. or something? But it's very clear the way that they're circling around her. It's like sharks around the, the catch. They're <laughs> testing her. I think they already like her a little bit. And even Gretel says it. She's like, don't listen to them because yeah. I like you. <laughs> little adorable Gretel. But um, they like the way she handled the captain. Uh-huh. But they are definitely testing her. And they are. Oh, and the frog. The way that this is played is put the frog beautiful. Because they're they're on their way out, but they kind of linger at the door. And she's before. being like, "Oh, those poor things!" As like the housekeeper shows her to her room, and they're just kind of like watching around the corner. And there's the frog. Yeah. Now this is where I was like, "Oh my, okay, okay, Maria, you didn't have to get that crazy about a frog." I mean, but... it's but like it's like she's like, "What the fuck is here?" I don't think it's the fact that it was a frog, but it's just like, "What is this thing moving in my pocket?" <laughs> I'm just weird, and and I love that, that housekeeper is like. You're lucky with Fräulein Helga, it was a snake. And I, like, my heart stopped for a second because I would have died. <laughs> but again, this this whole thing, and I know we're, like, borderline fan, well, no, we are 100% fangirling Also, I just want to say, <laughs> I'm so glad we are, like, we'll just step through this song by song because I only, my watch notes, I only have a page and a half of watch notes because I was, I was so getting so just sucked into the movie. I was just enjoying watching it so much. And, like, we had both, I, it's pretty clear, seen this movie multiple times, uh-huh. but I think it, it's been years <laughs> since I had seen it and I just... I was enjoying it so much. I just didn't take that many notes. No. Oh. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're saying all this stuff, but all of these interactions that we're highlighting again, show how they're not wasting any of this screen time. Mm-hmm. They're building out relationships. They're building out characterization. They're building out all of these things about the people that we care about in the film yeah. in all of this. So it's not in wasted some, time. In every single scene, some sort of plot or character advancement is done, usually both. Yeah. 
Because next we have the dinner, <laughs> which I love the dinner scene because they I have a the pine ending. cone on her chair. <laughs> yeah. And Maria, this is a very important part to her building that relationship with the kids. She doesn't rat them out. Yes. And I love the look of relief that happens on all of the yeah, kids' faces. Every time she starts like talking about something, the kids are looking at each other like, like, what game is she playing? Like, is she going to rat us out? Like, what is this? And she never rats them out. But I love that instead she, she starts them. talking about like how kind it was that they left her that gift. And the captain's like, what gift? She's like, mm, that's just a secret between me and the kids. But you all were so aware of how scared I must have felt coming into this new home, meeting all these new people. And just the fact that you would do something so nice for me. <laughs> Marta starts crying. Little seven-year-old starts crying. And the captain's like, Marta, what's happening? She's like, it's fine. There's nothing. And then all of them start to sniffle and then i love when they're crying and the captain looks at maria and he's like what's wrong with them she's like oh nothing they're just happy cut to (laughs) bawling (laughs) it's so funny oh it's the perfect she knows exactly how to manipulate them and i love it (laughs) she is the perfect match for those kids she's everything that they needed she is able to whip them into shape, but also be like a such a loving force uh-huh. in their lives. And I think that is... They really needed that. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. the captain, bless his heart, was mm. not going to be that. No, he was dealing <laughs> with a lot of his own shit. Yeah. He probably needed a therapist, but it's... Oh, for sure. Pre-World War II Austria. I'm not sure they existed. <laughs> well, Sigmund Freud was Austrian and he was in the 18-somethings. I'm 16 going on 17. Yes, because we meet Rolf, who turns into such an asshole. And who also can't really act. Not the best. Sorry. That that was that was the one thing that I could not get by in this scene is the way that the way that Charmaine Carr was playing this and giving the right energy and all of this, it was just like met this brick wall at Rolf. And I was so disappointed. I don't know. It kind of works for his character though. But anyway. It did. But it's I do love this song and I love the way it's shot and I love the dancing in the gazebo. It made me think she was kind of like a show horse, though, because <laughs> she's, like, running around the steps. Well, so apparently when they were filming it, they forgot to put no, like, no slips on the bottom of Charmaine Carr's shoes. And one time she went through one of the glass windows. Oh, no. Um, So she actually completed it with, like, a bandage around her ankle, like, hurt her ankle Um, in, like, remastered edition, which I'm sure uh-huh. is what we watched. They, like edit out the bandage but in like the early editions you could tell she was wearing like a bandage oh no they just put makeup over and she completed the scene it was like one of the last things that they shot kind of a badass um yeah (laughs) no i think she is so good um in that scene and this was where we did actually get some typical it's some like it's more like showy like dancing musical theater dancing but they again they they still take advantage of the movie because they use the set um because you couldn't really have like that circular gazebo uh-huh. on stage like them running that circle in the gazebo doesn't really work on stage no well and the special effects too with the rain and the thunder like and the way that the lighting like the lightning would flash and then you get this great lighting on like exactly their it was so good i'll also say in this particular set piece which does come back later on which i, I love this nod mm-hmm. later on but the lighting is always it reminds me a lot of it happened one night in it's some of the nighttime romantic. bus scenes where it is romantic. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Ugh, I just, I love it so much. They so also good. did the like fuzzy thing with the lens where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's so a little bit When they're dreamy. doing the little twirlies uh-huh. and then they meet each other in the back and then they twirl to the front and then they twirl to the Which back. Is so sweet. And then she starts to twirl and he grabs her and he kisses her. Uh, but you're so much better than Rolf Liesel. Oh God, Liesel. Yeah, it's. It's because you're only 16 going on 17. Yeah, it's okay. I'm so glad that 
we get a reprise where she gets a better influence in her life. <laughs> For real. For real. Um, but we actually, so this is something that I never really pay that much attention to. But before we get 16 on 17, when Ralph shows up with the telegram, we get an interaction with him and the butler. Because the telegram they're delivering to the captain is basically like an offer to come back and be part of the Germans. Oh, so is Navy. all of these telegrams that? I think the first one is like an offer. And then I think the later one's like more of a summons. Oh, I gotcha. Um, Because the Anschluss has not happened yet at the beginning of the uh-huh. film. It happens at intermission, I believe. Is it an intermission or is it um, right after their wedding? Right after their wedding. Because I remember right. that being a really You're cool right. Which is close. Which is close to intermission, but it's yeah. it's right after their wedding. Um, but oh, sorry, spoiler. They get married. <laughs> but you get the rumblings of the political stuff that's happening in the background, and it is it's not said explicitly, but we very much get kind of the implication that both the butler and Rolf have Nazi sympathies. And are very much in support oh my God, of that the makes idea. The, them sneaking out scene makes so much yep. more sense. I never, I don't think I, I ever picked yeah. up on like that interaction as a kid. I mean, we obviously get it later when Rolf is like just straight up in a Hitler youth uniform, has his armband and everything. Yeah. But we're getting like the inklings of like the political background uh-huh. to what's going on with the rest of the story in that scene, which oh. I think is really interesting and really well done. Yeah, it's like the first introduction to that yeah. theme of this movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm glad so, you said that because that added a whole anyway, other I, dimension I'd for me. That, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we move very quickly into uh, the my favorite things in the lead mm-hmm. into that. So I love how so quickly Maria has been able to build such a good relationship with um, the housekeeper. Oh. I wasn't going to say the housekeeper, but I was getting ahead of myself here because Liesl climbs up and into her room. I mean, it's after the the housekeeper has um, told her that they're going to be ordering new drapes and stuff. That's after that. That's when she's like showing her the room. Um, But yeah, I love when as she's praying and she's like going through the (laughs) list of the kids and she can't remember Kurt's name. name. Yeah. Well, God bless what's his name. But Liesl, of course, soaked from the rain from her dance in the gazebo, has climbed (laughs) through the window and I love that Maria is like, like sees her out the corner of her eye, but pretends that she doesn't as Liesl tries to sneak past her through the door and is like, and about Liesl again. And she starts to try and talk, but she's like, shh. Yeah, she's Because <laughs> she's like, help her know that like I'm her friend and I'm on her side. And Liesl like starts to explain herself. She's like, shh. And then she like ends her prayer. And then she's like, explain <laughs> what you're doing. Um, and Liesl does. It, it takes a little bit to get it out of her, but this is where we start getting that tight relationship between maria mm-hmm. and liesel because maria's there she maria knows that if the captain finds out what just went ha- went down shit's gonna hit the fan right and maria's like it's it's like, innocent it's there's fine. nothing it's wrong like, you're being a kid yeah exactly <laughs> and even when like they first got introduced liesel's like i'm 16 and i don't need a governess and she oh. goes well then we'll just be friends and so i like the idea that maria is like she's approaching each kid in a way that they need. Yes. It's very cute. But anyway, so Liesl, she's so like, sweet. well, wash out your dress. No one will notice all the like dirt on it from oh when you climbed God. up into like a second or third story window. And then um, Liesl's in the bathroom getting changed and you have like the lightning and thunder and you have little Gretel, Gretel yeah. runs in. 
and she's like, I'm scared. Can I like cromp up with you? And Marie's like, yeah, of course. Um, and she's like, maybe the others are going to show up or something. And Gretel's like, no, they won't. Like they're, they're, they're not afraid. Thunderclap, Marta, Brigida, and Louisa all show up. <laughs> and then they make a comment about the boys. Yeah. And, she, and Louisa's like, no, the boys won't be here. Like they're, they're brave. Boys are brave. And Maria's like, mm-hmm, we'll see. <laughs> Maria knows. Thunder. Um, Friedrich and Kurt show up, and they're like, we're just checking on all of you. Are you okay? Thunderclap, everyone freaks the <laughs> fuck out. And it's really cute. And then that's it's when so Maria is. starts singing my favorite things. To because like, whiskers on kittens just make everything better. Yeah, to keep them from being afraid. And I like that there's one part where she like finishes, and then all the kids are still looking at her expectantly, and she's like, okay, keep going. <laughs> I was... Partway through the song, I was thinking to myself, did we really need this last verse? And yes, we did. Mm -hmm. Because of the way the captain interrupts this whole situation. (laughs) Which, can we just talk about how he's wearing a tie with his, he's still wearing a button-down shirt and a tie with his smoking jacket. I was like, are these your pajamas? Do you sleep in a tie, sir? Does he ever take his clothes off? (laughs) Captain's a never nude. I'm just... It's a reading I'm here for. (laughs) Perfect. It's got to be ready for anything at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But again, he is hammering home the rule beating. Like, why are the kids not in bed? I said there was bedtime. We're all like, it's summer, dude. Calm down. Everyone was afraid. The thing with Maria that she does here that I love is how she tries to explain herself, but then realizes who she's talking to. And realizes that she just can't. And it's just like, okay. And then she covers for Liesl because he's like, Liesl, I didn't see you after dinner. Where were you? And Liesl's like, um, I, mm, I, mm, Come on, Liesl. Mm, you got to have a better story I, than this. <laughs> she was flustered, Ian. Um, okay, anyway, Maria covers for her. Maria's flustered. like, we've been hanging out. <laughs> Which is not wrong. <laughs> no one's like, Lisa, why is your hair sopping wet? It's fine. She just had to, you know, take a bath before bed. Sure. <laughs> As but, uh, one does. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I that's a good scene. And again, so good for building those relationships with yes. the kids. Now, at the very end, and this is key because the next set is kind of – not set. I'm sorry. The next set of scenes, mm-hmm. um, they're in new clothing because Maria has been wanting to get them to play. The captain – well, first off, the captain has left to go visit Ver- Baroness Schrader yes. in Vienna. And Maria is now basically in charge. And oh, thank goodness. the kids don't have play clothes. They just have uniforms. Yes. So she creates play clothes for them out of her old curtains. Uh-huh. And then the next set of scenes is them frolicking. It's do re mi. And it's just them uh. having fun. And again, building those relationships between her and the kids. Because you have, you know, the start on the mountain. And I, I don't want to like, we'll move through this number because it, it's very well known. And, and this one's better, definitely better seen. Like actually go, go watch this this is what we talk about about like another great example of taking advantage of that movie medium because it's one song and it starts on the mound where she's just teaching them to sing which i feel like this is the worst way to teach somebody to sing i mean but it's <laughs> you do you it, it girl works, it, works it was for a good the, uh, song um, suzuki method <laughs> but uh then you have like them riding bikes through town you have them in the carriage like doing the different notes and on the steps, the scene on the steps, I love so much. Well, I think it was still in town, but it's at, at this build where the, the thing that they do like musically here, I love because they start with this a very simple melody, mm-hmm. then they add a little bit of counterpoint, and then they add this sweeping underpinning of yeah. the upward scale at the very end in that scene on the sets. And it's this is the one where I was thinking to myself, why am I bawling right now? <laughs> 
because it's so. Did you know when you said so you cried at like every ha- song? No, I, no, I was like, I was oh, actually, like Do Re Mi. <laughs> I actually was, and I, I think it's because the music is so good. That that's it the is. thing. It wasn't also like, just like seeing people oh, have fun who you know haven't had fun in a while. It's very touching. <laughs> so it there's a special place in my heart for that song. So yeah, I I, I did cry through it. It's I think I think that song is just everything about like the choreography, the editing, the cinematography. Like it's just done to perfection. The acting, the acting oh is God. so good. It's all done to perfection. And I do want to really give props to these child actors here too. Yeah, because especially the youngest ones. They're killing it. <laughs> yeah. No, they're doing good. So it's so cute. Um, it's great. One yeah. of my favorite numbers yeah. in the whole thing. I know my favorite things is good, but this is no. It's one. Of, it's one of the best ones. Gotta I think, in the gotta movie. watch this um, one for sure. Um. So then, Captain returns home with Baroness Schrader. We get to meet Baroness Schrader for the first time, played by the wonderful Eleanor Parker. Who, after I watched Sound of Music, I then watched the nineteen fifty two version of Scaramouche that she is also in. She kills it. I want to take this opportunity in particular to talk a little bit about the character of the Baroness because I like that character a lot. Granted, we never really find out her politics, so she could have really awful politics considering that time period. Very Um, true. So we don't really know that. Well, I I would say that if the captain was considering marrying her i'm betting she probably didn't have horrible politics or she yeah or she wasn't she wasn't very outspoken in support probably not involved she seems a little bit more like a max where it's like a yeah if it's not affecting me i'm maybe not that concerned but it's still i would say incompatible from the start oh absolutely but i like her as a character because she's not just a straight up awful villain no which they could have done they could have and which a lot of movies do and then they're like the oh look at this awful woman she's all of these things like super feminine and like rich and wealthy and blonde but like we hate her she's the worst like what a bitch so that so that you cheer (laughs) for the protagonist but they don't do that with her like she's not she doesn't have maria's warmth Oh, absolutely But she's not. not just straight up evil. There is one line later where Max is like, how are you going to handle seven children? And she's like, haven't you heard of boarding school? But I don't think that necessarily makes her a bad person because I also think it would be really cruel to ask her to come in and be a mother to seven children, seven children, none of which are hers, out of nowhere and who she doesn't really know. So I don't think that line makes her an awful person. Com- oh, completely agree. I, I think the- do definitely think she is incompatible with that family oh agreed because the the captain obviously wants a mother figure for his children right because he doesn't know how to be a parental figure but he learns he does he he learns through maria's berating outspokenness (laughs) yeah (laughs) but when but when we get her get her at first though i i remember thinking to myself in the scene between her and him how happy well no this was when they were by like walking along the lake with just the two of them it just seemed like they were super happy and into it. And I'm like, oh, she seems like a sweet woman who's going to do X, Y, Z. She's like wanting to meet the kids, wanting to do right. all she, this stuff. She tries like and a lot. And there's, when the kids aren't giving her, her and the kids aren't giving her a lot, especially there's one scene in particular where you can tell that she is so out of her element <laughs> and she is trying to connect with these kids. Is and they the are giving her throwing the ball. Home? They are giving her jack shit. <laughs> well, that's um, because Maria's not there. I so know, but like, fun, but. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I like that she's not just a straight up villain. But we get introduced to her and Uncle Max. 
Who? Uncle Max. What a scoundrel. Oh, my God. I love rich people. I love the way Wait, that I live, live when, when I'm with, with them. them. <laughs> um, but I appreciate that about him. In, yeah. I would say the Countess – I'm sorry, not the Countess, the Baroness. Some of her motives are a little bit more I mean, she's hidden. clearly she's clearly put a lot of time into this relationship with yes. this man that she really likes, and it sounds like her previous marriage was not great. Right. So I understand her wanting to, like, defend her territory a bit when she does lose. Uh-huh. Sorry, I was tapping on the chair again. Oh, when no, she that... does lose, she bows out gracefully. Oh my goodness. That and was once so she's good. lost, she recognizes it and uh-huh. she lets it go. Yeah. So I actually does. I really I really like her as an antagonist to Maria. I'm not gonna say villain because I would not call her a villain. Agreed. I would say that she, with some of her interactions with Max, so I we do get the impression that she is much more business like. Yeah, I don't think she's marrying him for his money, though, because she even says when she's like bowing out, she's like, I, I should find someone who needs me. She's like, you're too yeah. independent. You, I need someone who needs me or at least needs my but money. But there's not a passion. I don't know. It's. I, I think know. I think she really did fall. My take on her is that she really did fall from the captain, but she probably comes from one, not a great marriage from her like first marriage uh-huh. and two, from a society level and like social group and social circle. Uh-huh. That seems very um, savage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, she she's she's cutthroat. Which she, I think, does better than the captain because clearly he talks about not liking Vienna as much and like the parlors and like the society and stuff, but right. really thriving in Salzburg. Yeah, where he's in the country. Yeah. So, um, so moving into the kids coming into the scene, which I love the comedy of them basically capsizing their boat, mm-hmm. getting all wet, the captain being so unhappy about this. <laughs> but the interaction with Maria and the captain at the end mm-hmm. is so great because she is trying to tell him off and gets him so flustered that he calls her captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, instead of Fräulein. <laughs> and that, like, release of tension, I, I thought was masterful. And I, I like the way that they both have, like, moments where they shut the other person down that's like yeah. you overstep or you overstep is when he says i don't want to hear it and she goes i know you don't but you've got to yes and then we get basically a really quick breakdown of how she has come to know these kids uh-huh. in kind of this unspecified amount of time that he has been away where she's talking about like Liesel and Friedrich and all of them and just Liesel's being, gonna be a woman soon you're not gonna know her yeah like Kurt you don't just wants really to be know. a man but there's no one here to tell him yeah like, Friedrich oh. <laughs> wants to be like you but like he's also so scared of you and like little ones want to be loved and like Brigitte so like so notices everything like she's so smart and then uh-huh. I like when she's like Louisa I haven't figured her out yet but like give me time like all yeah. of this stuff and he then at one point um starts to shut her down and she says but i'm not finished yet and he says oh yes you are captain <laughs> no he's he just says the captain earlier no that that's like the that ending. that's the end that's line. the end that's i thought i thought he said that earlier because she gets him so like up in arms yeah. i love it <laughs> but then they hear singing and He's like, what is that? And she goes, singing. And he's like, no, it's singing. He's like, but who's singing? She's like, the children are singing. I taught them. Yeah. So oh my. she apparently oh my. also taught Liesel guitar. Hey, they have nothing but time. Very true. <laughs> nothing but Very time. True. Which is, oh, it's so sweet. And I love how the captain also gets in on it. And it's like the melting of his heart for the first time. So even though he's been like, okay, you're done here, he does catch her. I think it's because he he's seeing the real change in his children yeah he's seeing them being happy and lively exactly for the first time in ages 
And I do want to, when, when he finally does catch Marie and says like, okay, don't actually like, please stay. I want you to yeah. stay. Um, the way that they set up the scene in the great, like great hall there was so great. Cause she is like up on the steps looking down on him for once <laughs> and he's not groveling, but definitely begging a little bit yeah. for her to make, like stay in the household with them. So it's a, a fun little reversal there. We're getting, we're getting some, th- some thawing between them. Yes. Which throwing it back to my fair lady. one of the problems we had with my fair lady where the professor, Henry Higgins, uh-huh. he's just awful, 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 awful the whole time. And then he's like, not even like, I love her. He's like, oh, I'm used to her. Like, there's no thawing between that relationship between Henry Higgins and Eliza. In Sound of Music, we start off with a very contentious relationship yes. between our male and female leads. And then we have, this is the first moment of like, it's thawing a little bit. Like, they're they're recognizing and starting to respect each other. And then we'll get points later where we really see them like starting to fall for each other. Like we really get the progression of an actual relationship and we're not left at the end being like, (laughs) but why? (laughs) No, this was the, the first time we saw the full on kind of tenderness that the captain can have that he Mm kind of hinted at earlier in the first scene with the children yeah so next next it's not coming out of nowhere it's developing correctly and at the right pace exactly so next big number is the lonely goat herd (laughs) i love the puppet show i have forgotten about the puppet it doesn't this is the only song that doesn't really do that much for the plot but it's but it's really fun the technicolor fashion show of this movie yes oh my god that was the perfect way to phrase that it is the technicolor fashion show so the puppets are amazing and goofy and the way that the eyes move and like the cheeks puff out when they're playing the tuba and all yeah. of this, it, it just makes it so fun. It and is. I think they had the opportunity to show some really fun cinematography here mm-hmm. with the view from underneath of them working the puppets and you kind of see are looking up at them from the camera yeah. and all of the frantic stuff going on with, uh, I think it was, was it Gretel or Brigitte? To Greta or Gretel and Marta backdrops. are working the backdrops and the like set pieces. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it again the energy that the kids are giving, the joyfulness of everybody involved. When we yeah, we get to so see Max the Baroness fun. and the Captain all really enjoying it. So uh-huh. I guess that is showing a little bit more of like the Captain's change in character. We're also getting like good stuff from Baroness and Max. Uh-huh. Um, kids are doing great, and while maybe that song doesn't do like a ton for development of like plotter character it leads into edelweiss which is i this is where i teared up um because no this is where i ugly cried <laughs> oh we also actually you know what at the end of the puppet show too we get a little bit of interaction between maria and the captain that's like really nice and the baroness notices oh and then the baroness really notices she during really edelweiss. notices during edelweiss <laughs> Maria's like, oh, we all voted, and, like, Captain, you're the one who, who like, shares next and, like, gives him the guitar, and he's hesitant. But then he starts to give this really nice rendition of Edelweiss. Actually, Christopher Plummer was dubbed. Oh, well. But it's fine. He still gives a great performance. He does. Um, But the Captain starts to sing Edelweiss, and then when Liesl joins him, I think is so incredibly sweet. But I agree with when Liesl, Liesl joins. That's when I tear up. It's really simple, like, harmony part. That it's she's a beautiful song. It's like this gorgeous little father-daughter moment. And that's when we really get to see that, like, he is now connecting with his kids for the first yes. time in ages. And that, like, they have so badly wanted this. Oh, my gosh. And and the thing that 
just stopped me in my tracks at the end of this is the way the captain looks at the very end of the song. Cause you know that he's looking kind of off into the left of his left at Maria. We know that's where Maria is because also during that song, it has cut to Maria who's kind of off in looking. the corner, but like definitely <laughs> looking at the captain. And of course, Baroness clocks this. Well, she's not an idiot. No, she's not. <laughs> How do you think she maintains her fortune? <laughs> yeah. By not being an idiot. Um, it's agreed upon they're going to have a party, and this is, I think, the next thing that the Baroness really sees. Now, I do want to say... Well, I think that with the idea of throwing the party, that the Baroness is already setting some stuff up. Like, I think she already realizes that, like, she's... If she wants things to go the way that it seemed like they were going, she's got to make some moves. Right. Well, and I think making her the guest of honor, herself the guest of honor is definitely one way she's she's, trying well she's also creating an environment that she is most comfortable in yes she's picking her battleground because currently the baroness is the odd man out like she's an environment that she's not super comfortable in she's around surrounded by all these children who she does not know right she clearly does not hang out with kids a lot or at all yeah (laughs) she clearly does not really know how to interact with children so what she's now doing is creating an environment that is very comfortable for her that will really allow her to like show herself off Uh and that won't be comfortable for maria and is not comfortable Mm -mm. for maria oh so the the i love the ball scene though i did text ian after that scene i was like do you think we could do that dance we probably could if we practiced yeah i didn't know which dance you meant oh which one would require both of us to be dancing? All the other ones. I mean, I all it requires me to do is go. No, you have to do more than that. You would have to lead. You would actually have to more learn it than I would. Yeah, this is, I figured out. This is why I'm I'm good at swing dancing. Somebody was like, told me one time, they're like, you're really good at like swing dancing. And you're like, I'm really good at following. I was like, I'm great at following. I was like, I didn't learn any of these steps. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you have the kids outside looking in on the party and they're like super excited. There's some really funny lines here mm-hmm. where I think it's Kurt that says, I'm not scared of women, silly. Only grown men are scared, <laughs> scared of women. Of <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that's um Liesl's kind of like doing a fun little like pretending to uh-huh. get asked to dance and like starting to dance. And uh, Friedrich like cuts in and they do like a little cute dance. And then Maria comes out. And they're asking um, what dance they're starting to do inside. And yeah. she explains that it's an Austrian folk dance. She's teaching Kurt how to do it. One of them. Yeah. It's Kurt because he's so much shorter oh, than her. Oh, yeah, because they can't do they, the thing where they do the like turn around and keep hands. Yeah, they're holding yeah. both hands. And then as they like turn under, they keep their hands held. But because of the height difference, <laughs> it's like super hard. So and then Captain taps he in. He comes out, yeah, and taps in. And then we get. A so lovely little dance. So much chemistry, Ian. <laughs> oh my god. You could get a degree based I was on how much my chemistry was there is. Melt. Sparks flying. There's a reaction happening for <laughs> sure. Um, and the end scene where they are facing each other, hands around their waists, hand, one hand around the waist, one hand up yeah. in the air, and they're like at kissing distance. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. One, don't do it because I know that the Baroness is watching, but also do it. <laughs> do it do it do it but they don't uh maria's like blushing and one of the kids is only kids can do is like why is your face red she's oh like oh, i just haven't danced in a while and they run off because of course it's time to get ready for the bedtime number yes <laughs> which is adorable another one that i think because 
I think it is important that it be introduced now. In because this... they use it at the exactly. end. Exactly. Yeah. Um, again, adorable. Kids are adorable, especially Gretel at the very end, just moving her way up the stairs, oh, falling asleep. My God. How I cute. Just, uh... How cute. And the fact that the crowd is like, singing goodbye and waving at the they end. They go upstairs. It's just such a good it's really cap to that. Really Ugh. adorable. Now, throughout this entire scene, we did get more of that undertone of the political mm-hmm. part because the captain has... An Austrian flag yes. hanging in the foyer. And somebody flat out mentions it, which... I, it, oh, what was his... He comes back at the end, but he, he says something about it to Max. Was and Max is Herr like, Zeller? I don't know what you want me to do. Prob- I think it's Herr Zeller, you said? But in that conversation, I think we did get a little bit of characterization of the captain and max too because i want to say that max was saying something about putting on the show since it's or was oh, yeah, that a he's later talk- scene no he's already he had talked even earlier about being like i found my singing group for the like arts festival and the captain was like my children don't sing in public and i was like <laughs> that's a weird line to draw but okay yeah and i, I don't know why was it just because he didn't want to honor the invading forces mm, I, don't, I don't know no that's not even a thing yet like that hasn't even happened yet um okay. but the arts festival was going to happen when uh-huh. they decide it's going to continue in the second half their whole thing is they're like nothing in austria has changed oh yeah of course the art festival's going on the whole pretending we haven't invaded when we definitely have um yeah so that seed has already been planted again we get like the guy being mad about the flag and max is like oh don't worry everything's fine everything's fine max just refuses to see like what is coming oh yeah but max is the type of character that will he steps up when it counts he's a well he steps up when it counts but he's also a cockroach in the nicest sense of that word Mm -hmm. in that he will survive the atomic bomb one way or another yeah yeah max (laughs) will do what's good for max and he says it multiple times unashamedly which is why you can't fault him for it because he's like you know what you're getting i'm gonna tell you (laughs) yep like he's talking about sending the bill for the giant puppet show thing to captain von trapp directly so i yeah um (laughs) he's delightful but uh max also my house though no 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 no. (laughs) i like watching him in a movie i would never want to actually hang around with somebody like that exactly exactly max also invites maria to dinner and is like captain that's fine right he's like yeah yeah whatever like that's totally fine like and maria is clearly super uncomfortable about it well and she flat out says it's like i don't have anything to wear i'm not dressed appropriately (laughs) he's like oh we'll wait for you to change and she's like okay okay so she goes upstairs and the Baroness, and the Baroness goes to help her. Uh, Quote, help, help. <laughs> oh my God. And the, the, the cutting delivery of the, what about that blue thing that the captain, captain just noticed? couldn't keep his eyes off you. Cause she can tell that Maria is uncomfortable. So she's like, if I bring this up and I push these buttons, uh, she'll leave. And you know that she's one when Maria takes out the bag, she's like, I have to leave. I have to go. And the Baroness is like, what can I do to help you? Oh my goodness. I yeah. hated that. I hated that. Now the, the, the kind of, the scene of her walking out while stealing away in the night is more like what she was doing and leaving mm-hmm. a little note, which I was glad she left a note at least. Uh, so they didn't think she had died or been run over by a car or <laughs> eaten by a sheep. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not from the Austrian <laughs> Those <Alps>. Austrian <laughs> sheep, absolutely bloodthirsty. This made me not like the Baroness very much. Well, I mean, we're not supposed why, to like her but... because we like maria yeah but i i like that she that her motivations are so clear and she's not just like a monster yeah she's manipulative right but not in a way that's unbelievable like 
she's not a character. Like if you were like if you were in that situation where you'd put all of this time into a relationship, wouldn't you fight for it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely would. So get intermission. It's fine. We open up to the scene that Maggie mentioned where the kids are putting her through the ringer. And it, I love that they're deploying the Isn't same Isn't Eleanor tactics. Parker so good? Part of the reason that I, I keep kind of like being like, the Baroness isn't that bad is because I love Eleanor Parker so much. I think she's so good. And the way that she acts this ball game where she kind of flinches when they fake her out and trying to throw a ball there or completely misses it as it goes all the way down to the, the water's edge yeah. or the gate there. It's, I don't know. It's, she's trying, but she's, this is not what she's good at. The facade is cracking. <laughs> this is not what she's good at. <laughs> but played, played fantastically yeah. there. Um, I think this is also where we get the announcement that they're getting married. And somebody singing the sound of music and somehow making it sound like a dirge here, yeah. which is such an effective use mm-hmm. of the score. So again, when we were talking about the music winning, like this yeah. is one of the, the yeah. situations where I, I think it absolutely shined. And what else do we have? We also have the iconic climb every mountain. Mm, well, I think at that point, before we cut to that, I think we also get Rolf delivering another telegram, right? Because he's throwing the stones at Liesel's window. I think that was a little bit earlier. I, or maybe later when the kids have already gone to go try and talk to Maria at the Abbey. But there is a scene that falls somewhere around there uh-huh. where Rolf is doing like the pebbles at Liesel's window. And the captain sees him and comes over and is like, what are you doing? Oh, no. It was right when he got back. He's like, oh, captain, you're back. Here's your telegram. Because there, I, I think I had a line that he said where. Is it there? I thought it was earlier. And it's like, oh, and I'm just an Austrian. Because he he makes some like very pointed comments to Rolf about like his pride in his country at that point. Okay, so maybe it is later. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the kids try and go and talk to Maria. The nuns are like, she doesn't want to talk to anybody right now. And I was like, Ian can relate. Oh my gosh. Um, I can. I'll be cloistered. It's fine. And then we get Climb Every Mountain, which I'll let Ian talk about because, like I said, I don't like that song and I always fast forward through it because I find it very boring. So I will completely concede that the blocking and framing is not the most interesting in this movie. But the chorus, and I've used this word already, but I'm going to use it again, is the most majestic shit you have ever heard. Is it? It is. And the way that it comes back (laughs) at the end cements that. We'll get to it. But they are no, literally good, climbing the goddamn read. mountain <laughs> and overcoming good, adversity. <laughs> it's a good use of that song later on. At this point, I do. I it's think just one it, of the, it might to be a me, little it's overblown one of the here. weaker songs in the movie. I'll, I will concede that as well, but that doesn't mean it's bad. I it's didn't say it was so bad. I said I found it boring and I fast forward through it. That's okay that you didn't. I'm glad you didn't because then you can talk about it. Exactly. But the, and the lighting there as well, and the way that they framed the Reverend Mother—it's it's very static. People standing and singing. I will get that. That is the my main critique of that sing is mm-hmm. sing that scene, not that sing. Actually, both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> regardless, the yeah. next scenes like are much more fun because mm-hmm. we get the berries scene that we oh, were yes, joking about. Oh yes, the kids come back. Um, because I was ironically eating blueberries while I watched this movie. What a coincidence. I was swaddled in like seven blankets in bed, <laughs> watching it on my laptop, eating blueberries and Your peanut butter crackers. Your heart was swaddled in sound of music warmth. Your body was swaddled. <laughs> in blanket warmth. I was living my best life. 
But the kids come back and the captain's like, so uh, where you guys been? And they're like, blueberries. Shit, we don't have a good cover story. Okay, again, after the scene with my favorite kids. things, Liesel should have been on the thought process of we need to come up with the backstory. Deep down, they're good kids, Ian. They're like, oh, we were berry picking. And he's like, oh, yeah, what kind of berries? And he's like, blueberries. And that's when I giggled to myself because I was eating blueberries. And then he's like, it's not the season for blueberries. Oh, strawberries. I was like, maybe they got them from California. Um, (laughs) But then they're like, oh, strawberries, so cold. They turned blue. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. I love Liesel's expression at that, though, because Liesel knows that that's like like, not how that works. Friedrich, you're (laughs) fucking it up. Um. And, and then, then no dinner for you? Well, because how many did they pick, Ian? A bajillion. Thousands. But if they picked thousands, where are all those berries, Ian? In their stomachs. They ate them. Oh, so obviously goodness. they don't need dinner. <laughs> and they're all like, no, as he walks away. <laughs> I love it so much. But Maria enters because they're they're all sad and they they're singing. They start singing my favorite exactly. things. Exactly. So again, music coming in right at the right moment. So right here. But she picks it up at the end, and they're ecstatic and happy to see her. And like, oh my god, they all run to each other, and it's really cute. It's so cute. And then they're like, Maria, everything's been awful. <laughs> Dad's gonna marry the Baroness, and she's like, oh man, I came all the way back down that mountain just to, like for this. Deal with this shit. But the way Julie Andrews plays it, like the, the subtlety in the change in her expression and on energy, because she kind of is like taken down a peg mm-hmm. a little bit in terms of the the amount of joy she is putting out oh, in the yeah. world which she's still like pretty joyful because mm-hmm. there's a like base level of joy that she has well it's somebody who's like trying to conceal their heartbreak from like children yeah which is and she's also like really oh, excited so to see the children but like it's bittersweet because she does bittersweet well love is gonna marry somebody else and it's really awkward with the baroness because the baroness had thought that she was oh, the baroness out is of like, it. Mm, I took care of the Oh, God. Guess I didn't. Guess I didn't. Because <laughs> I'm not a good at, as good at this as I thought. Yeah. And then the captain's really happy that she's there. And he's like, okay, kids, go get your dinner. I fucking knew what was going on. Because I'm like a clued in dad now. Exactly. I'm a cool dad. <laughs> um, and they have an exchange where he's like genuinely happy to see her again. Yes. And she's like, yeah, sure. Good to see you too. And I'm he asks how long yep. she's going to be there. And he's like, she says only until you're able to arrange for another governess, which is another thing when the kids asked who their new governess was going to be. He's like, we're not going to have one because you're going to have a mom now. I was like, you guys are filthy rich. You're still getting a governess. Like, why wouldn't you? There's seven kids. Yeah. That's too much for two people to parent, even if they're very attentive parents. That's so many kids, Ian. I don't think it's too much. I think it's too many. It would be too much for me. It would 100 But I've, I've decided that if it's too much. Some of my family has lots of kids. Ian, if and it's I'm like, too much for me, it's too much for everyone. I have so much respect for them for handling that many children and doing I, it well. I'm, I just just, like, I'm just like, why? Whoa. Why? I, I, I would. I it know just seems like well a enough. lot of kids. I could not handle that Seems many like children. a lot of kids. So if I had seven I kids, am no I would Mar- want a governess. I am no Maria. I mean, I'm sorry, a governess. I'm getting all the countesses and the governesses. And <laughs> I the am no Maria. <laughs> I have no desire to ever deal with that many kids. I just know dealing with like 12 kids as a camp counselor, even when I had like two other counselors there with me, I was like, this is too many children. That's four each. I was probably more than 12, honestly, some of those <laughs> groups. I don't know. But I just know that I was in charge of a lot of children and I shouldn't have been. 
<laughs> it's fine, everyone. They're all okay. Everybody's, everybody's They're good. all okay. They were all great. But I remember at one point being like, we were like making arts and crafts or something. And I like burned myself with a hot glue gun. I was like, man, we should really have adult supervision for this. And then it dawned on me that I was the adult. <laughs> I was like 18 to tops. And I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> And oh, I can't keep myself from being burnt. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I should not be allowed to adult right now. So after dinner, Maria's doing her thing, being like, I'm back, but I'm kind of sad, but I'm here. I'm going to walk wistfully along the shoreline. In the moonlight. And the captain's like watching her from a balcony. In the moonlight. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, not um, the right music. <laughs> but he's like watching her wistfully from the balcony. And the Baroness comes out and she's like trying to be all cheery. And she's talking about like, oh, what do you want for a wedding gift? And like, I love some of her jokes though. And that it's really good. And like, where do you want to go on our honeymoon? I love when she says, I was thinking about a trip around the world, but there's got to be someplace better to go. <laughs> um, but but it's a test of whether he's really invested well, in the conversation. Well, and she's like trying too. And he's clearly... He he clearly Not. loves Maria. And he's looking at her. He starts to tell the Bernies, he's like, look, I just don't think. And she immediately knows. And she's like, I'm going to stop you right there because I just don't think this is going to work out. And she decides to kind of like bow out gracefully. He lets her yeah. do that. Um, and I think there's a really sweet moment between the two of them where they're just both like best of luck. Yeah. And the Baroness says something because he's just said that it's not going to work out between the two of them. He's not said anything about loving Maria. And her comment about somebody out there who There's will never be a nun. There's a young woman out there who will never be a nun. It's even though I was not happy with how she drove Maria out. No. I was. We're rooting this for This is Mar- like the redemption for the Countess in my right. mind. It's like, okay. We're, we're rooting against her, but she fails gracefully. She does. And I respect that. Absolutely do. And then we get the gazebo scene again. Mm-hmm. Ah, this but is the, this time I want it to happen. This is the other <laughs> song, though, that I think is one of the weaker songs. Completely agree. In the movie. It's just very long and very static. I, I mean, it's very sweet, but like. But also, I want something a little. It, it can be. I love the conversation with them leading up to it. Yes. I think that moment. Because there's a little bit of cat and mouse-ish things going on. Because neither one of them wants to be the first one to admit it. So they're both like feeling each other out. And I just, I think it's like really sweet between the two characters. And I think Christopher Plummer and Julie Andrews are so good in that scene. But I think the song is weak. Yeah. The message of it too, I think doesn't really jive with what just went down. Because they're both essentially saying that oh, I must have done something good, so here you are. So I got you, yeah. Yeah, which I guess is kind of romantic, but I wanted something more like I love you because of X. I I don't know. I wanted something a little bit more stereotypical, but uh, that's me. The shots, though, at the end of that with them in silhouette against the door, Mm -hmm. uh, well, the open door, just arrestingly beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then the ending with saying that we should ask the children. Oh, yeah, because he he asked her, like, is there somebody I should ask, like, for permission to marry you? And she's like, well, I think we should ask. And they both at the same time say the children, (laughs) which is really cute. And, of course, they know what the answer is. Yeah. Because we get the wedding scene. The wedding. Which this is another one where I'm kind of torn on the way that they pulled this off. I think you could have cut out this scene. I don't think it's necessary. Or abbreviated it. I like the idea of the nuns being the one getting her ready. Yes, for that is really her wedding sweet. day. Yeah, but the processional is so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's beautifully shot, and that dress and the, and the train on that dress and the set, like it's all really, really pretty. Uh-huh. And you have kind of Max is clearly best man, and Liesel is like maid of honor, and so you have them flanking the captain and uh-huh. Maria at the front. And they're all like kneeling and 
simultaneously and stuff like that. And it's like really kind of cool how synchronized everything is. But I do think that that scene could be omitted and you wouldn't really lose anything. This is maybe the only one that I No, I want to see them get married. I just didn't want that much of them getting. I I didn't need to see that much of Julie. I'm fine with it. I'm not saying that it should have been omitted. I'm saying you could have. Yeah. Yeah, which I think Which is generally, think is, that's our litmus test usually is, does the scene change the, movie. the film? Yeah, which I don't think this one, and honestly, like, it's kind of the only one I can think of that I think you can cut from this film, and it still have the emotion and the punch and, like, the just general movie-watching fulfillment that uh-huh. it does. Yeah. I think that's really the only one. Which is a testament. <laughs> yeah, which says a lot about how well done this movie is. Yeah. So we get this beautiful transition. One, I love the way they dropped the music out when the bells started happening. And I love the way that the bells peeled down to just a single one. And immediately we see that the Nazis are in town. Mm-hmm. They've set up shop. You get all of their flags. We hear about how, well, is this where they move into the like kind of Coliseum auditorium? Yeah, where the space? art festival is going to be. Max yeah. is training the kids, even though he has been told that they're not going to sing. Max <laughs> is like, no, you're still singing. You're all in the program. And the hair, what's his name? Ke- the Keller? guy with the stick Zeller. on his butt. Hair Zeller comes in flanked by two like Nazi goons. Um, and Max is like, so are you shutting us down? Like, what's up? And you can tell that Max is still going with his general like, we, sh- we should all just learn to get along thing, but that he's peeved. You can tell yeah. that Max is starting to get annoyed. And I'm like, so it's affecting you now. Mm-hmm. So now, now you care. Exactly. And, and what I enjoyed from his performance too, is how he played off the, the response to Heil Hitler from. Yes. Herr Zeller. Well, first he ignores it completely. Com- oh, and then yes. Zeller, when he's leaving, is like insisting on it, basically. And Max is like, yeah, what? And just this like half-hearted or yeah. like eighth-hearted Yeah, it's like a response. very, very clearly like, I'm doing this because you won't go away until I do. Yeah. So he's um, trying to keep the peace. But- yeah, because Herr Zeller is insistent that, of course, the festival is going on. It will show everyone that nothing has changed in Austria. And I do think it's important to bring up at this time that like the way germany took over austria they invaded it militarily but there was no fighting yeah it was like a agreed upon takeover as it were so it's not really i don't want to call it a peaceful takeover because i don't think you can call something when you're marching in a military with a threat of force as peaceful it was a bloodless coup ish yes kind of except for it didn't i mean i'm sure it wasn't technically a coup (laughs) i was yeah because i was gonna say it didn't come within but you definitely had people who did agree with it and support it who were high up but like that's why we're still technically before the war has started Uh because it wasn't like the invasion of poland thing with austria is that there is no fighting which makes some of the like dialogue later um make more sense if Uh you're aware of that Understood. And it makes kind of this dynamic of like everything's just kind of right on the edge and super tense make more sense. Yeah. So in that conversation, we also get some talk of flying the Nazi flag and all of that. And I say that because you, when we cut away from because the they've scene, they've already talked about how the only one on the street exactly. that wasn't flying it was the von Trapps. 
And they fixed that, supposedly. But they cut to the captain ripping down the flag and tearing it in two. Because he and Maria have been away on their honeymoon. Because Herzeller's also asking Max where the captain is. Because they're like, he's going to be in the German Navy. Yeah, going to be. They're no longer offering or asking. uh Uh-huh. They're requiring. Exactly. And they get a really sweet homecoming with the children. Mm -hmm. But immediately it's into business. So it's clear based on the conversation that the captain is now like, okay, we got to do something to get out of here. Cause it's like, we came back as soon as we heard. Oh, because this is important. And actually the scene where he stops Rolf mm-hmm. happens earlier. And that's when Rolf does a Heil Hitler at him. Cause he's really flustered. And the captain's does nothing. Demeanor yeah. immediately changes. He's basically like, deliver your telegram. If you have a deliver, if you have a telegram to deliver and then leave. Exactly. Um, and then Max says something that's kind of like a, we have to all learn to get along or something. And the captain goes off on Max about it. Um, But it's important that that happens earlier because when they're coming out of the arts festival, Uh Liesl sees Rolf and he's in his uniform and he gives her the telegram to deliver. And she's still trying to be like, but we're still like a thing. Right. And he's like, I have more important things to worry about now. So we've seen him come like, we had the inklings early on that he was like gonna be part of this, and we now see that he is bought in. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And we're all like, Liesel, run, girl, run!" Well, and Maria is too because there's a reprise of sixteen going on seventeen. Well, and there's, <laughs> I think that's when Liesel, when that interaction with him, that's when Liesel realizes something's up because exactly. she also gives her father the telegram. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, but yeah, th- th- this whole set of scenes, like that song, them needing to get out getting all this stuff together. This is happening in very rapid succession, mm-hmm. like right around their homecoming. Like they've just gotten home and Liesl and Maria have the really sweet moment where Liesl's basically like, what do you do when like you love someone, mm-hmm. but like he doesn't love you anymore and you're, you don't really love him anymore. And Maria's like, that's just part of growing up. Mm-hmm. Like it just happens. And they have the reprise of 16 mm-hmm. going on 17. And then the captain waves Maria over and Time is like, we have to leave and we have to do it like tonight. So cut to them trying to, again, to use the phrase, stealing away in the night. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where we they're kind of pushing the car out of the driveway, out of the gates, but we cut to the butler. I did not understand that he had Nazi sympathies until I was like, you said that earlier. You it makes traitor. so much sense now. You absolute traitor. Because they actually say, uh, one of the little girls, I think it's Marta, says something about like, won't uh, like the butler and the maid, like she uses their names, obviously, but won't they be worried about us? Like, why didn't we say anything? And Maria's like, that way... If- people ask them uh-huh. they can truthfully say that they didn't know and of course so when we see the butler in the window we're like oh shit well and i thought that it was gonna be oh the butler is gonna get his comeuppance but no unfortunately no. um is what it is so they are accosted by right and they're all pushing the car and there's Zeller. some comedic stuff where somebody's like why are we whispering and kurt like whisper shouts back because we don't know anybody we don't want anybody to know we're leaving and the guy was like shut up <laughs> but the nazis are waiting also for there's no the way gates. all of them could fit in that car that one car hey they, they were big. there were they could seven sit on children maria captain max bench seats that no is seat belts. 10 people in that car ian it didn't look like that big of a like it looked like a big car but it didn't look that big of a car anyway but they are met in the road by Herr Zeller. And let me tell you, the performances from Christopher Plummer and Julie Andrews here are spectacular. Because mm-hmm. we get the entire sense of the kind of rabbit caught in the headlights 
going to keep calm as much as we can. We're kind of frozen here trying to logic their way through why they need to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, we're on the way to the show. Car wouldn't well, start. Yeah, car won't start. Somebody's but able I, to start it for him. And I oh love God. Christopher Plummer just being like, yeah, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. Like He doesn't say this, but all of his facial expressions yeah. are like, oh, darn, I'm such an idiot. And he like pats the guy who started the car <laughs> for him on the back like, yeah, thanks, buddy. And then they're like, so where are you going? And he explains that they are going to the show. He's like, my family's performing. And the guy like has a program or something, or somebody hit, gives Max him a does, program Max is there as, as well. proof. And he's well, like, doesn't uh, say your name. He's like, well, I <laughs> says the Von Trapp family, and I'm the head of the Von Trapp family. Duh. Oh my god. So cut to them performing on stage, and they're doing basically like a rendition of Do Re Mi. Classed up a whole bunch. Classed up. Maria leading the children in it, and then the captain just like jumping in every now and then, <laughs> and like the way. He, he is looking around and like clocking all of the guards uh-huh. and like clocking Zeller. And the way the shots change where you see Nazi guards even. So in, in this particular scene, it's a set of kind of like arched balconies on mm-hmm. the back. It looks um, like a coliseum. It does. And you have all the way up the stack, a whole bunch of what I presume are Nazi soldiers mm-hmm. just like guarding the place so they're building this tension underneath of the really joyful happy singing mm-hmm. um which again uh and heightens it so well I, okay julie andrews christopher Plummer, and every single one of those child actors do such a good job of like the low key panic trying not to panic yes like we can tell how tense they are but they of course can't show it like it's just it's like the perfectly balanced performance so uh-huh. that like we all as an audience know what's going on, but like it's not clear to other characters. It's just so right. good. Now I love that now the plan is to try and stall. Well, first I want to talk about the other songs. Oh, the Edelweiss? Sing, though. The Edelweiss? Yes, that was what I was going to go into If you don't next. cry at that, you are heartless. Well, it reminds me a lot of the scene in Casablanca where – the Marseillaise. Exactly. It's the same sort of idea where you have a single person leading the charge with this extremely proud anthem of the Austrian, well, what is supposed to be. It It was written by right. Hammerstein. Right. I think I actually read that it was like one of the last ones he wrote before mm-hmm. he died. Um, but the message there is like, this is their national identity and mm-hmm. the crowd starts singing with them. And, and you see like Zeller looking real peeved about it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's right, Zeller. Get mad about that. <laughs> Screw you. Again, I like an, the other place where I ugly cried. It was I, so good. Yeah, I always so cry good. at that part. Um, because then also the captain gets really choked up about it because, I mean, they're about to – they're going to have to flee too. Like, and it's the Maria farewell. Maria cutting in and the kids cutting in. It's just really cute. And I'm it's actually powerful. tearing up a little bit describing <laughs> it. Um, and then the last thing they do is – Max so comes up to them long. and he goes, I think this is going to work. Like, bear with me. And then he goes to Mike. He's like, you know, announces that the captain is going to take his post with the Navy yep. of the Third Reich. Um, so proud. Which there's grumbling in the audience. They're all like, what the fuck, man? But he's like, so this is the last time the Von Trapp family will be singing together and we'll be here in Austria. And I was just like choking up i was like oh my god so they're gonna say goodbye my heart was pounding though because i knew the stakes that were about to come up and even when you know how it ends it's still it's good tension it gets you oh god 
so they sing so long farewell mm-hmm. and i like that every time the kids leave like they kind of shorten it and they're doing it fast and the kids are leaving off stage two by two. Yes. And I love the way that the kids will look back over their shoulder and we can tell that they know like it's go time. Yeah. And I always, I do like though that they don't show us how they get out. We just know that. I like to think that they're smuggled in instrument cases. (laughs) I think not, but sure. (laughs) Rude. Um, so Max then is, they finish their thing. They're all gone. Max is stalling as much as he can. There is a beautiful moment. There is a beautiful moment and it's so small and subtle where the actor just picks up the mic and then just moves it several feet down the stage because every moment he can stall matters. And then he goes, we're renouncing it in reverse order. (laughs) The first person to come up to bows so many mm-hmm. times and i'm like bow more bow, bow more. more bow more come on you can do more you can mm-hmm. do more <laughs> and then they have the group um and max like sh- makes sure to shake every single person's hand and then he's like announces the von trapp family and it's like spotlight on the doorway that all the other groups came out of and then they don't show nothing. up and then he's like the family von trapp nothing and then you hear just the footsteps running and that one soldier comes through and he's like they're gone oh no pandemonium how did the Nazis know they went to the Abbey? That's what I want to know. I feel like that you, well, so remember Zeller was already an acquaintance of the captain. So he probably uh-huh. knew Maria and probably knew that she had been a nun. Like, I think that that I'm, I'm okay with that. People would have known that information. Uh-huh. Also remember fucking Rolf is part of it. Oh yeah, now. that's right. Okay. Fair. So he would know. And I imagine they probably looked other places first, too. Mm-hmm. Long, long story short, the Reverend Mother is like, they we end will up at the hide Abbey. you. Yeah. We're going to get you. They put them behind some locked, like, mausoleum-ish. It's like they're in, like, the graveyard yeah. area of the Abbey, and there's, like, a gated part at the back that has, like, a couple mausoleum, like, large headstones, I, I'm guessing, like, family family plots of Maybe. sorts. But um, it's it's enough so where they, they hide, hide behind, behind them. them. Now, the the tension in this scene like specifically the one that i want to talk to is them moving down the line of locked gates well okay before that though i want to talk about when she's taking them to hide and the nazis are at the gate of the abbey and they're ringing Uh the bell and the one sister who was the one who was like maria's not an asset to the abbey all that stuff like starts to go towards the door and the sister's like remember slowly slowly serenely like nothing's wrong and so she gets to the gate and she's like taking her time going to the gate and, and they're like smiling. yelling at her to open this gate. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and like slowly like doing the key. Cause again, <laughs> every single moment matters. Ugh. So now they're, they're hidden. Mm-hmm. The Nazi soldiers are combing this graveyard area. Oh my God. There's a the little bit where Gretel just asks her, she goes, should we sing? Should we s- oh. I'm scared. Should we sing? Would singing help? And Maria just kind of goes, no, honey, this is, one time when, like, singing most definitely will not help. Oh, my heart broke. I know. So they get to the back lock. They've combed all of the regular headstones. They get back to the locked portions. And one by one, from the furthest one down, they are rattling the gates and mm-hmm. shining their light. And one, the build up because they're, like, four or five gates down. Yeah. So we just see it coming. And then the searchlight. And it's light. cutting between, like, the searchlight and then... The soldiers rattling the gates and then close-ups on, like, everyone hiding behind those tombstones Uh and, like, oh. And then the shadows that the tombstones cast on the wall and the way that, like, 
specifically Julie Andrews is who I saw do this, like leans away and tries to stay in the shadow. Christopher Plummer does it too. And like, is goes like over the kids to like help keep them down. It's so, oh, it's so good. But all of a sudden it, it actually reminds me a lot of the, um, kind of idea of, okay, the angel of death has passed over your house. Like, Hmm. and especially in a graveyard of an abbey that, that was like forefront of my mind there. Um, they leave Rolf, the asshole. Well, uh, I don't somebody know he, he says something or somebody says something. I don't know if they see him or not. Liesel gasps. Which, Liesl. I know, it's like, Liesl, honey, He's, no. You're too good for him. <laughs> no, but like, man, what a betrayal. Oh, anyway, absolutely. but so he hears the gasp and then as everyone's leaving, he hides behind a tombstone. So then they start coming out and he like shines a flashlight on them. It's like, I got you. And this power play Ooh, is the captain amazing. starts. He takes it a little too far, though. He starts walking towards Rolf. Rolf pulls a gun on him. And then the captain's like, Maria, the children <laughs> go. So she's able to get all of them yep. out. And then he's advancing slowly on Rolf as Rolf insists he's going to kill him. And he's saying, like, you don't want to be a killer. This isn't you. You'll never be one of them. Which is where he oversteps. Yeah. Um, because Rolf has demonstrated that all he cares about is being one of them. Exactly. And so when he says that, which the captain's already taken his gun. Thank you. When he says you'll never be one of them, that's when Rolf starts yelling for the lieutenant, starts blowing his whistle. Yes. Now, in this scene, too, I, they've done this a couple times, and I, I didn't mention it before, and I would be remiss if I didn't. But the way that they do some of these tracking shots are... I. I'm trying to really rack my brain and think of another film in like the last couple that we've seen that have used these sorts of dynamic camera movements to heighten the effect because they're behind with the camera behind the captain's shoulder and moving with him as you get closer and closer Mm -hmm. to Rolf. I loved that effect and just the slowness of it and the building tension. It's very good. Effectively. So anyway, um, they did more, had more dynamic camera right. movement throughout this film that I actually really liked. Yeah. But the family so. piles into the caretaker's car. It's already been established that the borders are closed and that the captain, because he was talking to um, Reverend Mother, he's saying, like, we can go over the mountains, and which I have a lot of questions about. Um, but I it's won't fine. think about it because that's not what this movie's about. Ian. Maggie, they're Austrian. Also, if they're in Salzburg, if they go over those mountains, they literally end up in Bavaria, which is where like Hitler had his mountain retreat. Which, but which mountains? Like the like where the Alps are, right? No, there. Maggie, it's Switzerland over there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> in real life, apparently, they all just snuck off to a train station, went to Italy, and then went to London. But anyway, I'm just saying. But it's better for the movie that we do it this way. It's oh better for goodness. the story, the fictionalized now, movie, if we do it this way. But the last they, scene at the Abbey is I, my favorite scene. I do too. Where the two nuns, it's a uh, sisters. The sister that was mean. It starts with a B. I can't remember it. And Sister Marguerite, or like, forgive us, Reverend Mother, for we have sinned. And they just because they just pull out like parts from the cars that they took out of <laughs> that the Nazi we can hear cars. not starting. Not starting. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, I'm literally. I on feel the like couch that's not a. Bumping. That's definitely not a sin. I know they're like. They te- stole. I know they're like. Technically, it was stealing, but like, honey, you did the right thing. <laughs> oh, that. I was... feel like stealing car parts from Nazis isn't actually stealing. <laughs> I'm not. He- I, that's for God to say. <laughs> I feel like he would agree with me, or she, whichever way you or they. Why do we? Why do we anyway, need to gender God? That was so great. It's Loved so good. That. And we finally see the family 
trekking over the mountains as we get climb every mountain with beautiful chorus mm-hmm. singing majestically <laughs> to say it a third time. <laughs> it is it is the perfect ending. It's perfect. Because you, you don't know that they're going to make it to Switzerland, but you do know. Because everything else has worked out in this movie. Exactly. There will be more nuns who sin for them. Again. <laughs> I don't think that's sinning. Well, hey, we can agree to... I was going to say, are you going to tell agree. me you disagree with I don't, that? I don't disagree. I'm just not putting my flag on either side of that line. <laughs> anyway. So... I think that this is a schmaltzy, but gem of the movie. Schmaltz isn't necessarily bad. It is not. Schmaltz done well is good. genuine schmaltz is the thing. Like when it's that really horrible Cockney accent schmaltz. (laughs) That's just bad acting. It's just not good. So for me, I really like this film, like I said. But um, I think I'm putting it at number 13. So really high up there on my list and definitely higher than I think any other musical that we've done. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is after Tom Jones um, and before the best years of our lives. So I I think Tom Jones is this overlooked gem that has such inventive comedy and is just something that we haven't seen before and is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Sound of Music is not so, I guess, daring is the word that I'm looking for here. Like, it's a superbly executed musical, but I wouldn't say it took too many risks. Right. Now, in comparison to Best Years and of I, Our Lives... And I feel like the dialogue's not quite as tight as yeah, Tom Jones. Yeah, Tom Jones was super <laughs> snappy. Um, now, with Best Years of Our Lives, I think you could probably make an argument that the writing was better in Best Years of Our Lives. Um, but the way that Sound of Music was able to focus much more tightly on like this specific family it I don't handled know, it felt... a large cast of characters a little bit better yeah and it the pacing's definitely tighter exactly so um i felt like i got more out of the movie than i did out of best years of our lives yeah because of that okay. not to mention the like costumes and sets i think were better like oh, yeah. hands down yeah yeah um i'm putting it in the exact same place yes number 13 <laughs> i was actually sitting here debating whether or not it went before or after tom jones which oh. is my number 12. Yes. So um, you, I think, sold me on it. Because then I started I started thinking about a lot of the like dialogue. Because like, the only thing that I think Sound of Music is weak on, honestly, is some of that dialogue, specifically Liesel's. Yeah. And, um, and some of the other not kids. It's actively bad. Right. It's not actively so. bad. And some of the kids' dialogue is, I think, not great. Like, it's just, it's just bland and kind of cliche. Yeah. But like, other than that, like, it's just basically flawless and um i agree with you that tom jones is just this wacky weird hidden gem that everybody really should watch oh my god yes um but like it does not it does not have a single weakness in the writing i don't think i don't remember what we said in the episode so maybe there were some we were definitely stuff. complimentary of the um writing. but uh yeah I think I think I agree with that it just did more. It is I do have sound of music before from here to eternity. I think from here to eternity just wasn't as tight performance wise. I don't think the writing was as tight. I think the pace was not quite as good. I'd agree with that. And I mean it's I have it above from here to eternity as well. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna lie, 
as much as I want to be more objective, this is also my goddamn list. So, <laughs> Ooh, that's fine words. Um, um, but I also, it is by far the highest rated musical I have, oh, too. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably going to stay the highest rated musical I have. Having not seen Oliver, I'm not sure, Trust but me. I don't think I'm going to like Oliver this much. No. <laughs> Just because I no. know I'm not going to like, I don't like the the story as much. So The songs aren't as good either. And just, oh. Trust me. Oh. Should have well, won that year. Is what it is. We'll, we'll watch through it and have thoughts. Yep. All right. So that's it for Sound of Music. What's next? So next time we're doing A Man for All Seasons from 1966. Cool. I know nothing about it. Same. Like I knew nothing about Tom Jones. I'm hoping for another Tom Jones. Oh, God, me too. <laughs> um, so tune in next time when we do, what was it, A Man for All Seasons? Yes. And until then, you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Best Pictures Pod on both. You can email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that uh, wraps it up for this one. Definitely. Thanks for listening. And uh, as Maggie said, join us next time for A Man for All Seasons.